We have to go back! Hello everyone, welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And welcome to Sequelary. It's the second most wonderful time of the year. So during the month of February, because what is February but just a sequel to January, we like to review movie sequels to movies that we have reviewed already here on the podcast. So if you see us reviewing a movie and you missed the first time that we reviewed its predecessor, go back, take a listen. Mm. I, I don't think we like cross-examine or remember anything. <laughs> no, I remembered one thing for today's episode, but that was it. Oh, exactly good. one thing. And this week, since Birds of Prey is making its way into theater, we decided to take a look at the sequel to Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels, colon, Full Throttle. Ricky, I'm so glad that we got to this one so quickly after reviewing the first one, because if you remember back when we reviewed Charlie's Angels, I was enthusiastic about it. Oh, yeah. And I was so enthusiastic that after I finished the first one, I immediately watched the second, because I had seen neither of them. Uh, prior to that episode. So for me, this was a fairly recent rewatch, and I'm thrilled to be able to uh, dust off those notes uh, and talk about the actual sequel, because you had not seen it before this, correct? Actually, I mean, after watching more of it, it was <laughs> Bernie Mac unlocked a bunch of memories. <laughs> it was yeah. one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah, I have seen this. I just couldn't recall anything specifically except for Bernie Mac's what, you never heard of Black Irish? Like, that was something that was just cemented in my brain. Uh, I was like, oh, wait, I have seen this movie. Um, and so, yes, it, it, and it was a long time ago since I had seen it. And in case that is you, let me give you the synopsis. So the angels are back and ready to go undercover to retrieve two missing silver wedding bands containing valuable encrypted information. The new identities of every person in the Federal Witness Protection Program. When witnesses start to turn up dead, only the angels can stop the predator by using their expertise as masters of disguise, espionage, and martial arts. So this movie uh, stars Lucy Liu, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz reprising their roles as the angels filled with a ton of other celebrity cameos, just like front to back, like so many oh, celebrities yeah. showed up. Yeah, I think it's a testament to the first film because normally you get fewer names involved in the sequel, but people loved the first one so much. It's like they're fighting to get in. Bruce Willis, who's in it for exactly one scene yep. and doing what Bruce Willis does best getting shot immediately <laughs> at the top of the film. Um, it's like, oh, it's one of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You had Bruce Willis. Yeah. I mean, Justin Theroux is like a cast member in it. But uh, John Cleese, Demi Moore plays a, a big part. Bernie Mac uh, is the new Bosley, which yeah. we can talk about that. And I, I, I mentioned that in the previous episode as well, that there's a Bosley family right. like that is happening and um i just love the justification and then shia labeouf babyface shia, shia LaBeouf. labeouf and then some more the more obscure uh cameos like carrie fisher as the mm -hmm. nun yeah and um uh well kelly garrett is the character but she was an original angel yeah um kind of popping up robert forrester 
the vacuum salesman from Breaking Bad and uh, from Jackie Brown, uh, T-1000, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, Paolo from Lost, oh. Melissa McCarthy in the bloopers of a deleted scene. Uh, yeah, there are so many cameos in this thing. It felt like this movie just had the spirit of, hey, guys, you want to make a movie? And just a lot of Hollywood is just like, yeah, I'm free. I'll come in for a scene. And it's just a ton of fun. Um, so a little behind the scenes of the making of this movie. Uh, you know, the first movie did super well. So what do you do? You make another one. Um, in the weeks prior to the film's release, there was a series of short animated adventures featuring uh, John Forsyth as Charlie um, and I think he's really the only named voice actor. Everything else is just animated. But yeah, so they actually released this on the internet, the thing to do in 2003, uh, prior to the movie. And it's called Charlie's Angels colon Animated Adventures. And it's like an in-canon prequel to what actually happens in uh, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. It sets it up kind of like that random uh too fast too furious uh bridge shorts that they did yeah, or the animatrix oh yeah i remember yeah. that fury's big week <laughs> fury's big yeah oh yeah like cross media that's so great so the film had a budget of 120 million dollars and it went on to make 259 million worldwide underperforming its predecessor by 5 million um, but it was the early 2000s so they were focused primarily on domestic box office so it was considered a box office failure in quotes because in the United States it grossed 100 uh, 800 numbers 100 million 830,000 in the United States box office uh so there was a third and fourth installment planned to go in production but after the disappointment of the film they just decided to cancel any further sequels until you know last year I think it's a shame that it didn't continue on with this cast um because we we made it very clear how big a fan we were of of this collection of people uh, in the in the first one, um, but I feel like this could have gone on indefinitely. It, this could have been the Fast franchise. Like mm -hmm. it, I just really see it as that. Like they did such a good job. Well, kind of taking a quick step back, like this movie did such a good job at world building that. Some of the history and fun facts about this movie, I'm going to say for my headcanon because it's oh. so good. But one interesting thing uh, about the cast is Tom Hanks was considered for the role of Seamus O'Grady or Seamus. Oh, wow. And that would have been a different movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess he just workshopped the character and used it in Cloud Atlas instead. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Threw a guy out a window. Yeah. I mean, and this movie, I mean, is just so much fun. I, I love this movie. And to the point where I realized what really does draw me to this movie. And and I'm, I'm, I don't even know where to put this other than just in my reaction. It could mm -hmm. be a headcanon, but I feel like it's just the thing that draws me to this movie. Grayson, mm -hmm. Charlie's Angels is Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the, now tell me, I'm going to read a description. You tell me if I'm describing Power Rangers or Charlie's Angels. Oh, great game. Great sub game that we got going here. Each series revolves around a team of youths 
recruited and trained by a mentor to morph them into the uh, the title character, basically. Um, able to use special powers and pilot immense assault machines to yeah. overcome the periodic antagonist. Mm-hmm. From a disembodied voice. From a disembodied voice. instructions from a disembodied voice. Yeah. I mean, it's right... It's right all, there. All I need is Bernie Mac saying, I, I, I. It was from the opening scene. If you have not seen just the opening scene of Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, like it's seven minutes of just pure spectacle. Like the only way yeah. to top that performance is just to see it live because there is a point in time where Drew Barrymore literally flies. She literally flies. You'll believe a Drew Barrymore can fly. And I'm like, what is... Not only that, but they defy gravity, period. Not not, not just like bullet time, extra air kind of uh, like air kicks that they did There's a lot in of the wire first work. movie. Yeah. Tons of wire work, but mm. when they... When in the opening scene, they are being shot at and they leap up vertically. Just they take a vertical backflip leap and mm. then they are several feet in the air jumping out of a window with the T one thousand. And I I'm like, what no okay. And that is how you start a sequel. There's a great uh I saw some footage from behind the scenes. It's in that same same scene when it's where two of them jump vertically in the air the third one gets pulled underneath the table and so is moving horizontally uh with uh because she's leaning back so similar to like neo bending back like that but the speed at which they they just have like a wire on her and pull her laterally across the floor uh it's shocking even even behind the scenes um, so yeah, it just tons of fun. Spectacle is a good word for that. Yeah. And I feel like if you saw, if you saw any movie mm-hmm. in the early two thousands, you may feel like you have seen Charlie's angels full throttle because, um, there are so many moments that are in the trailer that yeah. I, I felt like they ran this trailer like before everything. Mm-hmm. And be like, and now, and now the State of the Union. But first, Charlie's <laughs> Angels, full throttle, the trailer. Uh, it, this trailer was everywhere. And yeah, um, yeah there, there are lines in it like, this is hostile y'all that were in the trailer and like the, the Black Irish thing. And I, that might also be why you feel like you saw this more than you did was because this trailer was just part of pop culture. Um, and the whole, just the fact that it was like a full throttle as well became like, kind of like what we do with, uh, you know, sister act back mm-hmm. in the habit that became the tag on for like sequels at that time, joke oh, yeah. sequels. Yeah. And so this was pervasive in pop culture. It, it was really big. So it surprises me that it did not do better domestically. And that I, you said it was like a $5 million differential. It's kind of like, like, What's five million amongst friends? You know, just keep <laughs> like literally friends. You have Matt LeBlanc, so yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just keep it going. And so it's, it's disappointing that they didn't make more of it because it is such a fun spectacle. Um, and they they left it open to do a third one. But what yeah. I appreciate about it is that it wasn't um, reliant on a mm-hmm. third one. 
that it it is self-contained and if anything feels more and I, I said this you know last time this feels more like a volume two than um than a, a straight sequel you know I, oh, I mean then then like part two of three would right. be and and I appreciate that they they kind of rounded it out that way um mm-hmm. but yeah it was great even just watching it merely months after we, I had just watched it. Yeah. You, you brought up a really good point. A thing I really appreciate about this movie, um, just as a series, is that it is such a fun sequel that reminds you why you like the first movie as well as just delivering on the second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like largely with the popularity of the MCU, people want to interconnect things and set things up so much so that you want to have to watch all the things. But... I think that this series um, does a really good job of just delivering on the premise and making you want more um, without having to tease that, oh, there's going to be something else. Like they they delivered on the first Charlie's Angels and they delivered on the second one. And when it's over, you're like, oh, um, please more, please more of this, because it's just it's just such a fun sequel. Like it's uh, they like. <laughs> Any any movie can tell you, oh, there's going to be some action in this movie. But do they make Drew Barrymore fly in the first 10 minutes? Do they? And then do they from then just like drop you back off into like the the plot of, well, they're moving in together. Like the, the plot is almost irrelevant, which is why I'm thinking that it's so much like Power Rangers because you can watch Power Rangers but you're not watching the movie. You're not watching Power Rangers because of the deep, compelling characters, um, or even necessarily uh, the super uh, compelling storyline. But- That's where you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, Power Rangers delivers on action, um, relatability. And just a good time. Like you, like every iteration of Power Rangers, for those of you who don't know, there have been like over 13 iterations of the Power Rangers with different teams and different uh, Zords and different styles and different storylines, all of which are more or less standalone, but also acknowledge that there is another um, existing Power Rangers like legacy prior to them. And I feel like this version of Charlie's Angels does exactly that. Like I just felt like I was watching an like a full season of a TV show at once. Um, and it was fun. And I think that the movie knows itself in tone uh, and in content to where they're able to take themselves as seriously as they need to for the story and then throw everything else away uh, when it's not needed. And I I love it. They're just so focused and they know who they are. And I just, I just love it love this movie for all those reasons yeah and i i think essentially it is what you're describing it's a continuation of the series uh which is really fun like it's the same charlie uh and this movie especially and that was something we couldn't really talk in as much detail about last time it establishes there is a long history of all of these different angels and the the main twist in this movie is, spoiler alert, that one of them is evil. Yeah. And uh, it just makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, build on that history. Don't don't try to reinvent something else. Just mm-hmm. um, tell us something about their past that we don't know. And uh, that I think that's why this really does feel 
uh, pretty organic because while you have the angel that left and turned evil, you're also dealing interpersonally with the um, the fear that another angel is going to leave, right? And even though it ends up being unfounded, so um, yeah, I, I think the stakes are really real, but the action is uh, you know larger than life, and they know exactly what they are. And, you know, it also resolves some unanswered questions like, what's up with Crispin Glover's character? Uh, what's Thin Man doing? So we got we got his backstory. I don't know. They gave me more questions. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, what? Why does... Yeah. I'm more confused. Yeah. And, and we also really, you know, just follow up on Luke Wilson and, and Matt LeBlanc and see what they're doing. They're basically like every supporting character in Chuck, you know, where they just have to... <laughs> Just deal with it. Just yeah. you know, work work at the buy more. Yep. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. All right. Now, Grayson, um, we have another mission that we need to go on. Mission is codename Headcanon. Headcanon. <laughs> Headcanon is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Now, um, my biggest piece of headcanon about this movie um, is that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, buy it. But besides that, okay, so th- that's why he's in it. He's the angel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Charlie's angel is Bruce Willis. Um, so, uh, like I said, there are some fun facts that actually tie this into other uh, pieces of media that I just want to be my headcanon. Uh, so, Pete, um, his high school reunion is for Rydell High School, mm-hmm. the same school. From Greece. Yeah. So, headcanon, uh, Charlie's Angels exists in the world where musicals happen in real life, and so does La La Land. Uh, so, it's it's as equally a musical, uh, especially if you like look at the credits and the theme, or like the intro. I, I feel like no one is having more fun than the people who are writing the intro, <laughs> like the theme for Charlie's Angels, just the different the, the different scenarios that they put them in, uh, basically the clip show for things that you that never happened or you'll never see. I just love that. Except the one thing when that when they were the the two guys with the goatees and they're using the urinals, right? Yeah. Nice little connective tissue between the movies. Yeah, um, I, I think we can we can use the pieces of your headcanon and wrap it together even more because you mentioned La La Land. Well, there's a lot of shared locations in this, uh, like mm. the big dance number in La La Land uh, in the sky and City of Stars and all that. It, it was at uh, the Griffith Observatory right. where the angels get shot off the roof yeah. uh, with the bulletproof vest. So at least they're in the same area. Um, they're not on the west side, I think is essentially what we're saying there, except for when they're surfing. Then they have to be on the west side because that's yep. how geography works. Um, and... The other thing is with Bruce Willis, if he was dead the whole time and they're at Rydell, there is a Grease fan theory that um, the whole thing is actually <laughs> the whole thing is actually more of an afterlife experience anyway, um, oh. because Sandy talks about this is really headcanon for Greece more than anything. <laughs> but Sandy talks about how she almost died and, and Danny Zuko saved her. Um, some people think she actually did die and everything that happened after is just her brain shutting down, which is why there's all of the, these you know, musical breaks 
And uh, at the end of Greece, when they fly up in the car, that she's returning or going to heaven, that, that she is, her brain is fully shut down and she has died in the ocean. So it's all connected, Ricky. I think all of, all of the evidence is there. Um, wow. That just really makes you wonder, though, if that's what happens when you die, that people start breaking out into song. Someone needs to go help the characters from La La Land because they're in big trouble. Wow. Look at that. I'm I'm so impressed. It's all right that, there. It's very solid. Uh speaking of flying away in vehicles, so my other piece of headcanon is this. When Cameron Diaz's character Natalie is following uh Carter, played by Robert Patrick, um, she's driving a nineteen sixty one Ferrari two fifty GT California. You know, like you do. That car was first made famous by Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, got to run it backwards. Right. So that so originally in Ferris Bueller, the film was unable to rent the actual car and create a replica to use for filming. Whereas this film used the actual car valued at over one million dollars. Oh, man. Headcanon uh, is that Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a prequel to Charlie's Angels and that... Uh, basically, that that car is the car that mm. they just spent years repel, uh, repelling, repairing, um, and that Natalie and the rest of the angels went to high school with Ferris. I like that. So they were in Chicago. They moved out to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that um, that <clears throat> Ferris Bueller also went to the West Coast and. Uh, that his kid is actually one of the kids crossing the road during that scene. Yes. It's a very funny scene. Um, I don't remember if I did this for my headcanon last time. I do remember my primary headcanon last time was that um, because of the volume one and two and also the nature of the work they do, that this was all actually a Kill Bill uh, prequel. Nice. Um, Lucy Liu was playing the same character, and that you know, Bill was Charlie, and all that. That was my previous headcanon. Um, so I'm not going to go back to that, but I don't remember if I did this or not. My headcanon for this time is that Matt LeBlanc is Joey. Uh, he's an actor in LA. Um, <laughs> yeah, he goes yeah. by Jason Gibbons, but I think what actually happened was that he was so taken aback when he met Lucy Liu that instead of saying Joey, he said Jason and then just had to go with it and met on set. So the director was like, Jason, what's your last name? And this is a little not like Joey, but I think he picked the name Gibbons because of his old friend, Marcel the monkey. Um, That's a monkey name, right? And so, uh, yeah, he's Jason Gibbons and Joey, we know he's on the West Coast because of the spinoff Joey, um, you know, all three seasons. And I think he rebranded himself to become, instead of Joey Tribbiani, Jason Gibbons, and became the next Tom Cruise in Maximum Extreme 2 with the M-E hand symbol so for the perfect. marketing. Um, yeah. And, and Jason knows all about, you know, being on a, quote, time out because he, you know, knows what it's like when his friends are on a break. Um, so this is this is nothing new for him. That's why yep. he literally rolls with the punches. Um, th- so that's its own headcanon. My uh, notable mention headcanon then is uh, tying it back to why we picked this sequel, uh, connecting it to Birds of Prey, um, because uh, we find out that Dylan's real name was Helen Zaz, 
And um, I believe that her father was Victor because uh, she certainly has a type. Uh, especially when type. you look when you look at at Justin Theroux's character next to like the Victor Zaz uh, that Chris Messina is playing in Birds of Prey, very similar. Um, and but I believe that that Victor Zaz was was Helen Zaz's father, and that uh, Dylan would one day have a daughter that would return to Gotham and end up being uh, the hench lady to Two Face. Oh, wow. Batman Forever. So, um, yeah, she would be salt. Is that what it is? Salt and pepper, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it salt and pepper? Am I making that up? I think it's salt and pepper. Uh, I mean, probably. It might be sugar. It's some kind of food additive. Uh, It's it's Batman Forever, right? Batman Forever. Sugar. Sugar and spice, not salt and pepper. (laughs) Huh. It's paprika and hummus. Uh, yeah. No, sugar and spice. Yeah, she is sugar. So It's Himalayan sugar. pink salt and thyme. It's also possible that Dylan is sugar and was doing her dad a favor working for Two-Face. Ah. So however you want to spin that, but, you know, when in doubt, the headcanon goes straight to Gotham. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what I got. Fun workaround. I like it. But it I was still getting the Kill Bill vibes. If I oh, could yeah. just reuse my headcanon, I'm really doubling down that this is the Kill Bill Kill Bill origin story. Absolutely. And then I had one real mini headcanon that came out of uh, just bizarre casting, really. Um, and it kind of plays into the actual plot of this movie in the sense that you know, Demi Moore ends up becoming, you know, secretly evil. But I think that Charlie is secretly the big bad. And if there had been a third movie, that would have been the revelation that he is the big bad guy. But he is currently undercover, uh, you know, playing, playing his cards, keeping his cards close to the chest, however that (laughs) metaphor goes. Uh, Because, not just because, oh, crazy, good guy's the bad guy. No. Because if you look at the full cast on IMDb, you will notice that one of Madison's minions, so on the bad side already, is played by Charles Townsend. Oh, my goodness. So the real life Charlie, he's just posing as a minion for who we think is the ultimate bad guy. But uh, it's just going to rise through the ranks Wow. Pull off his Scooby-Doo mask. (laughs) Say, old man Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I love that. That's very, very solid. That guy had to be so excited in his audition. He was like, if I can't book this, then I'm going back to work at my dad's hardware store. (laughs) Because my name is literally on the building. It's me. Both in the movie and back at my dad's hardware store. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I also say it is it is literally Charles Townsend's only acting credit. It's this and nothing, nothing else. What? He played himself in the September issue documentary of something. I'm not going to look at what that is, but <laughs> played himself. But the first time he was playing, first and only time he was playing a character was, you know, Charlie's Minute because he's part of the world. I mean, what a career. 
Now we're going to go to the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast, remake. If this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Um, I would love for them to do a sequel to um, the 2019 Charlie's Angels. I didn't get a chance to see it, uh, but... Been, like, super busy. <laughs> Soups biz. Um, but I do... I just love this script. It is just so over the top. So I would love for them to either do this as a sequel um, to what they currently have or as an extended TV movie to launch the TV show. Um, mm, mm, mm-hmm. because I think this movie is just, it's so great. Like it, it's a standalone movie. Um, like you don't need to watch the other movie, but it just builds on top of what you've already seen, uh, because they introduce you to everyone and all the other stuff. Anyway, um, I would love it. Absolutely love it. Um, if for the, the they basically made a Netflix series, um, but also for, um, basically to make a early aughts, I guess, spinoff sequel where basically it's Drew Barrymore, uh, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz, but they are training new recruits or they are passing the torch. Like, yeah. it's a couple of, like, they basically find their way out of the agency or they are just, like, next level um, angels or they maybe they reveal that they joined the group of retired angels they're archangels. Um, there you go. I mean, they already play with that with like oh, the so perfect. the uh, halo being the name yeah. of the the rings. So yeah. Oh, archangels! I love Arch- that. Archangels. And so they just basically are part time, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do other things and they help infiltrate. But they just help the the next generation of angels because I mean this movie is just so over the top and I just love it and I want to see more of it. Um, and I think also going animated like they did would be uh, a fun choice to see either like 3D Pixar style. Um, oh, kind of like an Incredibles feel. Then. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Incredibles. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the style and size and scope I would love to see as a sequel. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I um, So my recasting is also kind of my remake. Um in the sense that I would recast the main three with uh, contestants from the current season of The Bachelor, um, specifically <laughs> Tammy, Lexi, and Victoria P. I think would be really strong. Um, and then that just made me realize that I really just want The Bachelor to be an international spy competition. Oh like my god! Merge The Bachelor <laughs> with The Mole, and that is your that is your idea. Um, oh, and then it's like yeah. also then they have a spinoff series. Which it's just the circle where uh, yeah. it's just Charlie and you have to figure out who's the real Charlie. <laughs> who's Charlie? Um, but I think that Bernie Mac is the absolute best recasting for Bill Murray because of all the personality and everything he says is funny. Um, so going off that model for a modern recasting, I feel like Kevin Hart or uh, Kamel Nanjiani would be. Uh, perfect for yeah. for a Bosley, but if I'm sticking with my pitch of The Bachelor, it's got to be Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison is a real life Bosley, so I don't know why we're overthinking it. Um, and if we don't do that, oh. this was obviously before your head canon uh, when when I wrote this down. But I thought that uh, it should be just make it a musical. 
uh, with all of the impromptu dance breaks. Like they're dancing, just have them yes. sing, and then it'd be wow. Charlie's Angels three colon voice of an angel. <laughs> oh man, that's really that's good. I what I the only thing I'd add to it is if they were to make to do the a- Bachelor a musical. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I'm Make right there with the you. Bachelor musical. Uh, to the casting is I would love to see when Shia LaBeouf said, I'm a Bosley. I'm like, I need Hollywood yeah. to stop everything they're doing. Give Shia whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that obviously would be, that's one of the few things in this movie where you can tell they wanted a third, where they're like, yeah, they want Shia LaBeouf to be the next Bosley so that we can have Mark Wahlberg say, I think we found a Bosley. <laughs> I I don't know why I don't already have this on my wall, but I just want that picture of Bill Murray that they have. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging up. Your brother. <laughs> oh, I lo- yeah. Let's uh let's get on that. Yeah. I want us both to have matching pictures of Bill Murray just <laughs> like right behind us. If we ever branch this off into video, that yeah. needs to be mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, for sure. You, you got the wall space for it. Just yeah. right there behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the, the Easter egg. So people know. If you're listening now, before we go you know, mm-hmm. the YouTube route, you oh, know yeah. why this is happening. <sighs> okay. Now we're going to go to our final segment where we like to give you reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend Charlie's Angels colon full throttle? It's a kick. Um, no, I recommend I recommend Charlie's Angels. Um, I'm going to try not to just repeat what I said uh, for the first one, but the characters are, um, they're so unique. And the choice that this mov- movie made, because really it, it was, you know, the, the makers of Charlie's Angels 1 and Full Throttle that they made this choice of saying, we're not going to do a movie adaptation of the original series. Mm-hmm. We're going to make a continuation and develop completely new characters um, to explore. And we, we do. We explore the backstory of Dylan primarily and the baggage that she brought into her new family and how that's connected to the larger villain that was also an angel. And so I recommend it for the really the world building that they have. It's not like they're, you know, building a fantasy world or anything like that, but uh, just as, you know, important to get the the details and the, the pathos right behind the relationships, they're building the history uh, and legacy of Charlie's Angels. And I think they do it, um, they, they do it really well with real stakes while not forgetting that part of the magic of this is that over-the-top, completely ridiculous that would never happen feel i'm not looking for a documentary on charlie's angels the crime fighting agency i want this to just be outlandish and i think your 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 direction towards animation is spot on because in a a lot of times this feels like a live action cartoon and it should and it does and so um the crazy characters just like with Thin Man, uh, Crispin Glover's character, uh, like they don't pull any punches. Uh, and so I, I'm i around for it. I enjoy it. I wish there had been more in this specific style in this universe. Um, just the, the brightness, the color, the personality, 
um, like I was watching the motocross scene and the colors that they use in it. Yeah, it's for clarity of knowing who is who, but it's also like that you're saying the Power Ranger mentality, you know, where you're like, we're going to make this as like clear and on the nose as possible. Um, and I love it. It's, it's so much fun. And I, I also feel like all of the angels specifically play to the absolute top of their abilities um, which is always fun to watch. I, uh, to me, the CSI scene is perfectly on brand because they are impossibly good at their jobs. Um, like to to know the footprint the yurt came out to know that he had like tendon damage and all that just from you know a black light. It's like yes, please. I, I'd rather have that than fifteen minutes of trying to discover that information. Um, and so they do it really well because of their abilities. They're able to move the story and, um, they know when to use the actual CSI Miami theme. And I think that's, I think that's a really difficult skill. That's, you're just born with it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't develop it. You're just born with it. And they nailed it. So yeah, I recommend it because of the core cast and because of the, the fun story. If you have not seen Charlie's Angels 1 and 2, they're both on Netflix. And I'm assuming you have Netflix because you're listening to a movie podcast and you probably like movies. So watch it on Netflix. Absolutely. Not a sponsor. Yet. Netflix, please. I totally agree with you. And I, and I will be very brief because you covered so much what I was going to Because I was not say. brief. I was the opposite <laughs> of Charlie's Angels. No, th- I took the 15 minutes to explore my thoughts. <laughs> Charlie's Angels Full Throttle is just such a good time. I think they really hit that stride and balance between campy, fun action movie um, while also being real in the stakes of what's happening. Like, they're still going on a mission. They're not like shirking their responsibilities to go like let's go to a part like the like the world is just so well established in this bizarre world that is both campy and serious somewhat serious in tone that this movie i think honestly delivers it's basically batman forever without the costumes mm. um because of sugar because of sugar. <laughs> Um, and it's just it's it, it is a comic book movie that just knows how to be everything at once. Like I I don't know how to describe it other than it is live action Power Rangers without the Power Ranger suits or the Megazords, mm-hmm. and it's just it just it's a gym. It is literally a one of a kind type of movie, and yeah. I. I wish there was more of it. Instead, I'll just have to watch these two amazing movies over and over again. Yeah. And I think it's really the strength of this is really summarized at the end of that cold open when T-1000 says, I really underestimated you girls. And and Cameron Diaz says, yeah, that happens a lot. Uh, they use that to their advantage. And uh, yeah, it's it's just so much fun. Couldn't have said better myself, Grayson. So I won't. And that was our review of the 2003 Charlie's Angels colon full 
throttle. Let us know what you remember about Charlie's Angels Full Throttle on our social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks, and it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice. Uh, it is really the best way for you to recommend the podcast, the way the algorithms work. It's science stuff. Uh, it helps us to be circulated. The more people say good things and it lets people know that it's worth other people's time. So thank you for taking the time to do that. If you can leave us a rating on a scale of one to five uh, throttles. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just really up that throttle meter mm-hmm. to a full throttle. Yeah. Uh, so, so no stars is an empty throttle. It is. You can't go anywhere with that. Oh, yeah. You're staying home for the night. But, right. you know, five stars, that is a full throttle and you are going places. Oh, yeah. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flix Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flix Retro Movie Podcast. We are going full speed into sequelary with none other than Speed 2 colon Cruise Control. Oh, the second best colon since full throttle. <laughs> <laughs>